Hello and welcome to Beard Gamers. My name is Nelson and with me today is my partner Schnell. We're coming at you with another special episode <laughs> due to time constraints. Uh, we are, life, life Yes, my, my life partner Schnell. Uh, we haven't been able to get Heteral everybody in the same room for, geez, probably close to a month now um, with all the things that have happened. So uh, we're getting ready to get some more recording done this weekend. In the meantime, since we didn't have anything last week, we wanted to get some content out this week. Um, so I already said who you are. What are you drinking? Um, for those who have already forgot, because I probably would have, uh, I'm <laughs> Schnell. I am drinking Independence Harbor Amber Ale. Ale with honey added. Uh, this is by, and I have to find it again because they hide it very sneakily on the label uh brewed and bottled by custom tap brews rochester new york uh it's a decent amber ale i don't really taste much of the honey like i get a tiny tiny bit of the aftertaste but it's it's only a 5.5 alcohol and i'm probably gonna power through all of these in our discussion today they're pretty good it's it's hard to screw up an amber ale and they didn't screw this one up so seal of approval Nice. I am drinking um, Irish Blessing from Boulder Beer Company. This is a it's an oak aged coffee stout. Um, figured you know uh, keep keep Tej in the loop here. You know take a take a, a page out of his <laughs> book um, and go with a stout this time. Uh, it's it's good. I I would uh, think of this as being a, a dessert beer um, or hell even if you want to go with a, a breakfast beer, um, but. I would say after dinner, maybe with some, uh, like, I mean, it'd be good with ice cream or something like that, um, or even just by itself. Um, I don't know why you guys always want to make ice cream floats out of your beers. <laughs> just fucking drink your beer. That's because we're kids at heart, you know? Um, but yeah, no, so um, it says it's aged on Tullamore DEW. I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, but it also says they use Irish whiskey soaked, uh, soaked oak chips. So um, you can huh. definitely taste it in there. There's a little bit of a bite to it. Um, there, it's got the coffee hints. It's very smooth. I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I'm going to be honest. The, uh, the, the art on the can here kind of looks like something you'd expect on like Sam's Choice from Walmart. So I wasn't sure how good, <laughs> how good this beer was going to be. I was going to say paint me a word picture, but I think you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, this, this looks like it's fresh out of the uh, Sam's Choice aisle. Right next to uh, Mountain Lightning. This is Irish Blessing, and uh, it's it's really good. I, I, I recommend it. Boulder Beer Company did a, did, did a good one here. Um, so, Chanel, you want to tell us what kind of stuff we decided to talk, talk about tonight? Yeah. Uh, we are going to be discussing game expansions. Um, we we kind of covered game genres and other mechanics and stuff that we liked and disliked. And thinking about it, staring at my pile of board games, I realized at least a quarter of the boxes that I have on my shelf are just expansions to games. They're not standalones. So let, let's talk about that. Yeah. Right off the bat, what's your thought on game expansions? Um, Summarize it in five words and then we'll go, I don't know, just plug it. I guess that depends. I guess that <laughs> Well, if we split up the syllables and depends, okay. it's, yeah. Um, five uh, syllables, depend. not words. Um, so, <laughs> Oops, I crap my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not those kind I of depends. I love Oops. that old SNL skit. <laughs> Classic. Um, let's start off the easy way. <clears throat> oh, beer. Um, what is your favorite game expansion? Wow. Um... Or at least, what comes to mind? When I guess I say the game I guess the Let's... the um the first thing that comes to mind when when we're talking about game expansions uh, has to be the Settlers of Catan expansion. Um, first, oh God. first, even before you get to the the fancy ones, I, I'm just talking about the player expansion where you can play with more than four people. Um, you oh know, yeah. So i i liked I liked that um, because it allowed us at board game night to, you know, actually increase the amount of people who could play the game so that there aren't uh, players excluded. Um, that one to me does not seem like a cash grab, which I'm sure is something we'll get to, um, you know, quite shortly here. <laughs> and and that's kind of the first thing I think about is, well, when I, when I think about DLC, what does it add to the game? 
Um, and is it something that seems suspiciously left out of the base game in order to make more money? Or is it a way that after the game's been out and been played and people have talked about it, hey, this legitimately makes the game better and I'm willing to pay money because the game itself is good and I want to supplement that. So I feel like the player expansion for Catan um, does that well. And I, I, so, you know, I also like, um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's the, is it Knights and Cities? I think right off, uh, uh, Cities Cities and Knights, that's it, yes. I had a little backwards. So that expansion I like too because it adds new elements to an already, you know, very successful base game. Yeah. See, and you you kind of stole one of my uh, talking points from earlier or later, I'll say, with uh, you, you said DLC. And I don't know necessarily if that's the best example for it, just because, well, it's like lately the video game industry has had such a bad rap with DLC as far as just making an incomplete game and then selling you the rest of it later. But when it comes to a board game, there are actual costs of manufacturing and uh, size constraints and physical limitations within the box that they might not necessarily be able to give you the full experience for the base cost or the base size of the box that they've already have. Whereas a DLC, all the all new games are 60 bucks. It's the same regardless. And then it's up just how much they pump into it. And then they can charge you for more or less with DLC. I think board games are kind of a unique industry in that they do have hard manufacturing costs and physical limitations yeah no i think you're right and i didn't even realize that i slipped into from expansion set into dlc um so (laughs) you play a lot more video games than i so i I do and i I think you you make a very good point in that uh, a lot of times um the you know i think specifically like um battlefront 2 and it's not just the expansion stuff because yeah okay extra levels coming later that's that's fine if the main game is long enough but when it when it becomes pay to win obviously you don't have that issue with board games um you know uh maybe maybe card games people might say they're pay to win because if you want to be competitive you know you have to keep up with what uh you know people are playing uh so i I see that but 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 that's that's a totally different subject too so I was going to say that's the that's the collective aspect of CC chains, whereas board games are supposed to be non exactly and um, or collect collectible. I should so say. so yeah, I mean I think that there's definitely a place for them. I think they serve their purpose, but I think that they need to be. <laughs> I, I you know the first word that pops to pops into my mind here is noble, um, and I don't know if that's the right word or not. But you know, I mean, it's got to be like a <laughs> hey, we gave you this game. You know, we 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 put our best effort into this game, and now we're we're supplementing it with additional content. Not like, well, we had all these great ideas, and I mean, maybe you have to break it into smaller ones because every game is not going to be Gloomhaven, where it's going to take you a year and a half to get through it. And I get that too. <laughs> well, and that's the other, that that box is over twenty pounds of cardboard. So, well, and miniatures, they fit absolutely everything they could in there. I don't think that they left any room for anything else. It is the maximum amount of value you can get per pound per dollar for that. I can't even believe that the fucking game fits in the box it's in. Like, it's not that big of a box for how heavy that shit is. (laughs) Um, But it's dense. It's dense. And I mean that both physically and content wise, (laughs) as far as the depth of game from what I've read. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I guess... As I'm thinking about this topic, another thing that pops into my mind is uh, is Fallout. Now, I haven't I haven't had a chance to play it a ton of times. I've played it through probably three or four times, and I've done the Commonwealth Encounter, the Fallout board game. Yep, I've done the the okay. Just yeah, just sorry, I should have specified the Fallout board game. So I've done the Commonwealth yes. Encounter three times, and then I've kind of messed around. Um, and I forget what the other encounter I picked was not one of the super hard ones, but you know, uh, that might've been it. Yeah. Um, but that, that to me feels like a game where it's like, okay, we've got this huge game. We're gonna, we're gonna push it out. It takes 
anywhere from two to four, maybe even longer than that hours to get through an encounter. If you're playing, if, if you're not rushing through, right? If, you, if you're picking up side quests yeah. and you're having fun with the game and getting lost in it like you do if in the video game, right? If you're dicking around and trying to kill everything you can like I do when I play Fallout the video yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. You stumble around and, oh, hey, XP. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> what? What? What what main quest? I just found a new gun. I'm gonna go shoot all of the bullets at some rate. I think when I played Fallout Three, I was a level. I was probably closer to level twenty before I really started anything on the main quest. After Three Dogs sent me out from GNR to uh, um, yeah. actually go find my dad, <laughs> so um, <laughs> I made Liam Neeson wait a real long time. Um, yeah, I I feel like he should have been doing the hunting for his son in that game, which is probably why in the in four you are the the dad looking for the son because it's we know how much the kid dicked around. The dad's just gonna come and find you. This right, time. exactly. So for me, the board game version of Fallout seems like a place where supplemental quests, as long as they don't sell them, I don't want to buy them separately. Not for a fucking board game. You know, I I like having the option to do things piecemeal for a video game. Uh, but for a board game, if you're going to sell me an expansion in that, in that world, I want there to be at least three to four, if not more encounters that are going to be coming my way. If I'm going to put oh, yeah. down, you know, another 40, 50, 60 bucks on it. Now, if it's, you know, 20 bucks, then okay. If it's one or two, you know, maybe I'll still take a look. Um, but then I think about games like uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill, and there's 50 or whatever haunts in that game. You know, 50 settings, uh, yeah, scenarios, a finite amount. That to me seems like a legitimate thing. Where okay, we're giving you all this insane content. Literally, the way the game plays out depends on how the board falls, how your cards are drawn. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then they come out. There's later. enough variability in each individual playthrough. That you could play the same encounter multiple times and get a different experience. Right, exactly. And 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 then they came out with I forget what the name of the expansion is, but there there's the, something something about a witch, and I it's it's uh, escaping my mind right now. But there there's that expansion set that came out, and that again was a huge collection of more haunts. You know, like that's that's the way to do it. You know, I'm hoping eventually they yeah. do the same thing with Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, just because I love the D and D universe so much. Um, <laughs> that I think that would be a, a fun game to get more, tra- you know, more mileage out of. Um, yeah, based on new quests. But then I think about a game like Shadows Over Camelot, and I'm like, well, does this really need an expansion? You know what I mean? Like, that's a game to me where if there was an expansion, it, yeah. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> what are you really adding here? <laughs> I think, I think it boils down to story based narrative style games it makes more sense for expansions because you can only fit so many stories into a base game and eventually people are going to play through them enough that either they've, you know, they grow sick of them or they anticipate, you know, enough of it that it's no longer enjoyable. So adding new stories in that style of gameplay, I think is incredibly beneficial with game expansions. But like you said, as long as it's a a cheap add-on that doesn't, you know, it's not a, its own game, and it's not just one additional story. It's this element of the original game. We just made a new book. Here you go. Yep, yep. I, I completely agree with you. Um, and I think that's a really smart and effective way to put it. Like, story-based is one thing. Don't try to ram more shit on me later out of, you know, uh, out of context, I guess. <laughs> if it doesn't fit into yeah. what you were originally trying to well, sell me in the first place. And I know last time we, we had one of these discussions, we ragged, I bitched about um, uh, deck builders. And the reason why I dislike deck builders is because I played so many of them for so long. And... One of the things that I really enjoy in the context of expan- game expansions, when it comes to deck builders, most of the ones that I've seen, the expansion is a standalone game that can be added to the base game. 
So if you don't have the base game, you can just buy, you know, Ascension, whatever the hell, the second one, third one, fourth one. There's been thousands and thousands of those printed now. And you can play it by itself. You can mix it in for a larger game, but you don't need everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's a that's a very good point. Um, and I, I agree with you, especially in the case of, of games like that, where, you know, it, it kind of makes sense. And I know what you said, like, you know, yeah, specifically and- for, for deck builders, like for you, the, the bitching was more the burnout because you can only... Well, it was burnout and it was every single deck builder starts with the exact same base mechanic and every deck building game has just reskinned it in their own style. Right, and for that one period of for time... The, for the most part, yeah. And there were just so many out there at the same time. Well, and then everything but was also 8-bit no, on top of it. Like, you know, because you're talking about it's the same <laughs> mechanics, they're just well, they're that was, and then it's like, well, yeah. And then, you know... Let's ride this wave of this theme that's really hot right now. So everything's going to be fucking pixelated to shit because, oh, everybody's got nostalgia for, you know, old Nintendo games. And yeah, I do, but I don't need yeah, it in I every still, fucking I still game have I the nostalgia. Oh, I do too. Absolutely. But I don't need it. <laughs> well, and there's, there are like three or four 8 bit art games that I have played. And while well, one of them we're going to be playing in uh, this weekend, which should release in like a week or two. Um, I'm a big fan of that one because it kind of takes the standard RPG and reverses it. Because with Boss Monster, you're the bad guy trying to kill all the good guys. And I, I love that. And it was a fun time. But yeah, just the oversaturation of a theme or a game mechanic or, you know, whatever element of the game that just keeps getting rehashed by everyone and their fucking mother. That just burns me out on those games so fast but I think enough time has passed, especially for the 8-bit stuff, that I can go back to it, and it doesn't bother me as much as when, like, three or four of them came out each month, where it was, hey, I also have, you know, paint on my computer <laughs> and have a decent idea for a card game. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, and I think, uh, you know, you've got an even more unique um, perspective, I guess, on it, or take on it, oh, because you, you know, having run your own game store... You know, you're constantly seeing that product day in and day out, whereas somebody who's a more casual, you know, oh, my friends and I get together once a month. Well, yeah, you don't suffer burnout as quickly, you know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, living living for, you know, living in that environment for as long as I did, it just got too... You see too much too fast, I think, is the issue. And I probably have complaints that aren't valid to anyone else, but... You know, if you if you try to play absolutely everything for the benefit of your business, right. you 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 do play everything. You do get burned out on it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that's a fair assessment. So, um, do you have a favorite expansion? I don't think we touched on that yet. <sighs> um, honestly, right now, the first like, I, I I never know how to frame my objective view of what my favorite anything is like i don't even know what my favorite fucking color is however if you ask me right now the first game expansion that pops into my head i think of the scythe expansion the first one invaders from afar and what that adds to the base game is just two new factions and additional rules for if you're playing solo i have yet to play scythe solo same here i I haven't played it solo yet either um that's one of the things that I, I I just haven't had the time. I'd like to. I'd like to learn how to play solo. <laughs> um, but there's just so much going on that I haven't had the time to sit down and I'll do it yet. S- <laughs> I'll start my own pathetic podcast or sad YouTube channel of just Schnell playing <laughs> himself. And it's just me playing every game that has a solo variant. Hey, you can do that. Uh, Fallout, <laughs> I think, has a solo variant, too. Just like you can literally be <laughs> yeah. the Lone Wanderer. <laughs> For a, for a while, I did play uh, some of the well, and that uh, another example of technically an expansion, though a standalone game that can be mixed in the D and D board games with uh, uh, Castle Ravenloft. Was oh the first yeah, one, and then Legend of Drist and Wrath of a Shardalon, and then there, uh, there's another one out there now. Um, but those are all standalone games with their own stories. 
But if you want to play mix and match, you're allowed to. The game, like, at least I remember in the first expansion, it says, you know, it's it's a little tricky mixing and matching, especially if you try to do stories. But if you just want to, like, stage your own adventures or use different characters in different settings, they're like, go, go right ahead. Mix whatever the hell you want. You paid for it. And that's but, a cool option um, to have. And something that I think is... I don't know if it's necessarily unique to the D&D universe, but I think it's something that uh, works very well within that universe just because of the nature of, of D&D and what it, what it is, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, you, you know, having played D&D myself, it's like, okay, well, I can, I can see that. You know, that's kind of the, the perfect environment for something like that. Um, and it's nice that all their, yeah. all their different... Uh, uh, how do I want to put this? Basically, all the different um, aspects or pieces, components, yeah, components, stories, yeah, boxes, right? All all these different aspects of the Dungeons and Dragons universe, because they happen in that universe, you know, they can make them compatible like that. It just it. Well, it's the exact same way with you know a, a role playing system in general. You come up with rules for how things interact. And you can just plug in any, you know, character or setting or bad guy as long as he adheres to the base rules of interaction with that world. You can put anything you want in that world. That's why D&D, Pathfinder, you know, all those other role-playing games are so popular is because they're so freeing. So when they did the board game versions of them, every single one, they approached it in that same exact route of let's just make rules for how stuff interacts and then we can just put anything we want in here because there's already rules in place that we just have to go, oh, okay, this is how this interacts with this now. This is this one follows this rules, you know? Yeah, exactly. Base, me- base mechanics that they can not just reskin but expand upon. Yep. Because that's the other thing that bothers me. When a new game comes out and it is literally the exact same game, but now instead of werewolves, it was zombies. Yeah, or instead of zombies, now it's pirates, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you really hate pirates. I I don't. I just hated the oversaturation of hey, let's do pirates and dinosaurs everywhere at the same time. Um, and you know what? That's but you th- enjoyed you enjoyed Explorers of Ixalan. And well, I was, was just gonna say dinosaurs at the end of that game. is you know this could very well be me having a made up fucking crisis in my head where I'm bitching at this this <laughs> moment that there was, but but really it wasn't. I just happened to see two or three games frantically the- checking my. <laughs> frantically checking my notes when it's just like there are no pirate board games i don't know what he's talking about. yeah i i don't uh that's not true Liber- libertalia is fantastic oh yeah we need to play one. that um for the show speaking of which we also need but, to do some of those D board games that we were just talking about um oh God, yeah um but yes back to the original tangent that we started on um the scythe yes. expansion adds two new factions that was one of those that I was a little bit upset because it kind of all fits in the base game. Like, I, that's what—that's one of the issues I usually have with, with expansions is, will this shit from this box that's much smaller than the big box fit into the big box so that I can take up less space on my shelf because I have a finite amount of shelves right, right now. And with the scythe, with the invaders uh, of, from afar expansion, I can creatively put everything back in the box and I think I've discarded the expansion box now. So that was that was one of those that raised the question, could they have just released... Sorry, I'm talking through a burp. Could they just have released everything in one big box? But that would have probably made it about $100. Yeah, and what was... I don't even remember what the hell I paid for that. 80 70 Yeah, it's like 70 to 80 I think, for the okay. base... For base scythe, it's it's a good game. Yeah, and I mean, I, I feel scythe. like that game is one that it, it, it's concentrated enough where it's still fun with four people. But I also like um, yeah. if you've got well, I mean, you don't even have to have. Uh, oh Jesus! Excuse me. Cut that out. <laughs> uh, okay, so you don't even have nope. you don't even have to have um, you know, say you've got two or three people. Well, if you've only got the base game, you've only got four factions to choose from. If the expansion's included, then oh, now I've got six. You know, um, and they all add yeah, giving really you giving cool you aspects um, nice. to the game. You know, because they're they are very different <laughs> than the 
than the yeah. original four, uh, if you will. Um, well, and and one of the things I can understand it, and it's probably a fucking level of game design that I will never get to, is with the expansion uh, factions in Scythe, and it specifically says if you're new to the game, don't play the expansion factions. Play the base factions because they are more difficult to play even if you understand the rules. And I learned that because the first time I played, I played an expansion faction. Actually, the second time I played, I played an expansion faction going, hey, I've played once before. I should be fantastic at this. And I got my shit rocked. I played them again on a third time knowing what I knew after the second playthrough, and I did much better. But their tact- the green tactics are vastly different than everyone else just because they never get the speed boost, so they're always speed one. They're always slow by comparison, but they have the ability to go back to anywhere they've already been. And I didn't realize that means that I need to make a beeline to the center of the board, establish a like warp gate effectively, whatever the hell their tokens are, so that I can always just jump back there. But I didn't do that early enough, and I just sort of got locked in my corner and could yeah then you're totally screwed yeah but that's that is a game that i will always play with the expansion mixed in i won't like leave it out like i do with some games are there any games that you have expansions to that you either will only play or will will play once everyone else has knowledge of the game that you'll actually add the expansion in uh no actually i'm trying to go through my collection in my head right now and i don't know that i even own any expansions right now um, I don't even own the five to six player expansion for Catan, even though I was just singing its praises. <laughs> uh, I need to pick that up. And yeah. I, I also don't own uh, Knights and Cities. Um, but I, I think that I think the only expansion I've ever picked up for Catan was uh, Seafarers. Oh, I've heard that one's really fun. I haven't played it. Um, but I mean, it's it's Catan. Yeah. It's probably fucking fun. <laughs> um, I yeah. so. When I'm playing with people, I don't really... Um, if we're playing like at my house or with my, my games, it's not necessarily something I have to worry about. Um, however, I think that uh, you make a very good point about uh, Scythe and that if I'm playing with a bunch of first-time people, I mean, maybe I would throw some expansion uh, characters in there if I was playing with only one new person. But even then, I mean, even that could be too confusing for that person. And it's not... So, I know we touched on this in the Scythe episode. It's not a, it's a, it's a daunting game to pick up because of the sheer scope of it. It's not difficult. It's just you need to kind yeah. of concentrate. And then once you've played through two, three, maybe four rounds, you've got, you've got it. You know, you know, you you can yeah. play the game. It it has it has that characteristic of a good strategy game in that. The rules are relatively simple, but the interactions and the strategy can get infinitely complex depending on what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I couldn't have said it better. Um, that's that's exactly right. And I think that um, that's actually um, those two aspects that we just touched on are probably what make it such a viable and solid expansion is that it's not easily accessible the first time you're playing the game yet once you come back as a more experienced player there's all these new uh mechanics to to pick up right uh it's almost it's almost in essence relearning the game uh or at least relearning core elements of the game so i think that that expansion specifically is a a really good one to illustrate um, what a value added expansion can be and what it should be, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. now, like you said, yeah, it could, it could have fit with the base game, but again, like you said, it would have driven the price, you know, even higher, which, you know, at once, once <laughs> games are, are hitting the hundred dollar mark, you know, that's when people are like, Ooh, I don't know if this is for me. You know, they start thinking, it's this thing, or or it yeah, becomes inaccessible it, for players because not everybody has the it means. It becomes such a th- yeah, it becomes such a, a a barrier that needs to be overcome to actually get into the game, and especially when it's a newer game and you you know it doesn't have the name recognition that you know Catan has because Catan's been slowly going. Uh, I think over the last five years, 
Catan has gone from MSRP like $42 to $49. Oh, wow. Granted, $7 isn't that no. huge of a difference. But it has been, you know, slowly increasing in cost. And there hasn't been really any changes to the game other than they just re- they recently rebranded the box and changed the size dimensions of the box. That's when it went to 49 But it's the exact same game. I've got... Effect, uh, what, what is 3rd edition, 4th edition, and now 5th edition Catan in my house. It's all the same game. They haven't changed anything. I don't know why, but I keep buying new versions <laughs> of it. Yeah, no, I, I've i only got... Oh, God, I don't remember what version I have. Um, but I only have the one version. And, and yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, that's another thing that I look for um, when I'm buying games. Is, See, and, oh, sorry, sorry and, go ahead. Now, now, now that I think about it, the box has gotten bigger each expand or each uh, new edition, but they haven't really added new material. And my first thought is, well, it makes sense now that the, if the box is bigger, you can add in like the seafarers or the barbarian traders and barbarians or knights and cities expand or cities and knights expansions. But those boxes are just as big as the base game. So the material in there presumably is the you know also too big to fit. So if they keep making the boxes bigger without adding more stuff, why don't the expansion boxes get smaller? But I think the bigger boxes for the base games and the base expansions and the fact that Catan has expansions for, let's say, Seafarers and then the five to six player expansion for the base game and the five to six player expansion for Seafarers separately. God, their marketing is fantastic that they can get away with that. Yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. Now that I think about it, I'm getting upset with Mayfair. Well, Mayfair sold out now. They're not making Catan anymore. Somebody else is doing it, but either way, well done and fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but I also think that part of that may be because of the longevity of the game and also the popularity of the game, you know? Um, it's like, well, it, how can we yeah, make this viable to new players and old alike? So I, I get it to a point, um, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to look at a model for, for how to do it... Um, Scythe definitely did it right. And that's not saying that the the expansions for Catan are, you know, are shitty or they did them wrong. Um, but I, I just think that if I had to pick a model uh, for what I'm personally going to look for, then it's it's what Scythe did. Yeah. However, uh, since I was, you know, so upset about Catan and I've pointed out that I hate games that just take the exact same mechanics and just slightly reskin them... The exception to that is Munchkin by Steve Jackson Games. Munchkin, every single version of Munchkin is the exact same game. However, there are probably hundreds of different versions of Catan now because it's gotten into like Monopoly where they will license it out to any franchise, any, you know, anyone that wants to slap their stuff on, you know, Munchkin or Monopoly, whatever, they can do it. And for whatever reason, Munchkin seems to be the exception to the rule that it works. It's okay. Everyone's fine with it. And I've played. I own probably five different versions of Munchkin. They're all fun. Because it's it doesn't take itself seriously, I think, is a good like indicator of why. It's funny the entire time. No version of Munchkin, regardless of who actually licenses it, is just a dead serious, this is a competitive game, and you're trying to get to level 10. It's, no, we're going to make fun of everything we can. Yeah, and that's another, uh, Munchkin's another game that has a really big cult following that um, I personally have never played. Um, yeah, I've never played any version of it. So I know I um, my cousin Zach is a huge Munchkin player, and it's big, like, in their circle of, um, you know, uh, game players, too. So... <laughs> that's definitely one where I, I see it all the time. I'm always like, oh, I should pick up like the original base set just so I can kind of see what the game was about first. But then, like you said, there's yeah. there's just a, a, a million and a half, <laughs> you know, different versions than, yeah. um, you know, Munchkin. Isn't there like a Batman Munchkin? Um, I think I I've seen think that. So. Um, so obviously that would be one that I would pick up because I am. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I have Munchkin, Star Munchkin, uh, I think I have Conan or Con- Conan uh, Munchkin. 
Uh, there's a Western version. There's a Ninjas version. There's a Spy <laughs> Munchkin. That just it's nothing but James Bond oh, that's cool. jokes. Yeah, yeah. So that's one. That's <laughs> one that uh, I haven't played yet, but it's definitely on my list. Whew, I'm on my third Independence Harbor already. Well, you know, talking up a storm, it's finally starting to warm up outside. I don't know what it's like uh, where you're at right now, but it's getting kind of toasty in this room. Uh, I was going to say, it's been, it was like 82, I think, at the highest po- high point. Today. Yeah, it's about what it was here, 83, in, 84. In, in the thriving metropolis of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, down here in Milwaukee, it was definitely warm, too. Um, yeah. So, I guess... This is kind of a, 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 a decent segue into another point that we had um, brought up that we wanted to touch on. So, you know, we're talking about these expansions and are they accessible to uh, to players old and new alike? Well, how about learning games for the first time yourself or, or teaching games um, to new players? What do you how do you approach those? Actually, bridging bridging that just a yeah. little bit. I wanted to bring up some games, and the only well, the first one that comes to mind, um, Ion, Ion, which yep. we both enjoy, has has an expansion in the base game release that is optional rules and additional cards. Have you played with it yet? No, we haven't. It's the radioactive material. Ah, yes, yes. No, I've I've read about it um, online, but I have not. Anytime I've played Ion, we have not played with uh, the radioactive cards. See, and that's one of those things. It's I think it's a good way of doing it. That it's hey, play the base game a little bit, learn the mechanics, learn the strategy. Once you get more comfortable with it, then we'll make it more complicated with this expansion. That we've included in the base set. You don't have to buy it extra, but you don't have to play with it if you don't want to. I think that's a really good and interesting way of changing the difficulty settings. And I'm going through, and I just I just reread the rulebook for um, Shadows Over Camelot, and I forgot at the end of the rulebook there are options. If you want to make the game easier or harder, there are ways that you can scale it accordingly. And that's almost the same thing, like a built-in expansion that it's, if you need to make it harder, here you go. If you keep getting your ass kicked, we're sorry, here's how you make it easier. It's learn the game, and then you can start adjusting it to you. You don't have to pay any extra, it's already built into the base game. I think that's a good example of either include, like when you include either rules, optional rules for uh, experienced players, or a built-in mini expansion that once people get good at your game, they can start playing with the complicated version of it, so that they, whoa, uh, so that they get more out of it. Yep, yep, I would agree with that. Um, I think that that's if if I were going to go about doing it, and I, I think it it's actually kind of funny that um, the game's about chemistry. You know, it's like well, but. Before you can tackle advanced chemistry, you know, you can't just go right into organic chem, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody goes into an O-chem um, or biochem or, or whatever. Uh, you know, you got to start somewhere. I was going to say, my my wife still complains about the organic chemistry she had to learn in uh, graduate Yeah, school. exactly. So I think, um, I think that's a really good example of, uh, <laughs> of the, the game, you know, and it's, it's, it's nice in that the option is there for you out of box. Um, but also that the game, you know, has the wherewithal to say like, well, just so you know, um, you're probably better off learning the game and then introducing these other (laughs) elements. Ha ha ha. Into it, you know? Um, (laughs) yeah. So yeah, no, I think, I think Ion does it really well. And, um, the God, that's just a, that's just a fucking great game. No matter what. (laughs) Um, have you ever played a game expansion that either made the base game better or worse? Because I I have, and I have a good example, and I know a lot of people will agree with me on this. Uh, but I want to know if you have. I, you know, we've been talking about this uh, through and through uh, so far this episode, but I'm going to say I I think the, the Scythe expansion makes it a better game. Um because it yeah. allows the player to grow with the game, right? So once you get comfortable with it, 
you can actually make it more challenging for yourself. Um, you know, there's a, there's another level of accessibility, like where you get on, you get in on the, on the base level and, and you work up to like, Oh, okay. Now I, now I'm ready for more advanced mechanics and more, you know, strategy and, and advanced thinking in, in how I'm going to play this game. Um, I, I want to play one, one expansion that I have not played that I would like to is the terraforming Mars expansion. Um, which yeah, one? there's two, there right? Two. I both of them. <laughs> uh, I haven't. <laughs> I've I've got both of them. I haven't played yet because that's like like we said, it's you know scaling the game. I want to play more more uh, base game before I add in the expansion. exactly same here. And I've only played it twice, um, so I definitely want to play more before I introduce it. But I just know like as far as you know what's on my radar, um, that's another expansion that I definitely want to get my hands on. And yeah. play. Yeah. Um if you haven't played Twilight Imperium yet, nope, have you? Not yet. Um that is on okay. my list of games to play too. There is currently a new edition out. It came out this year. Uh, I believe it's fourth edition. Third edition was a good game. They came out with uh two or three expansions for third edition. And they tried basically they released the first expansion to try and fix some of the game and they broke one of the mechanics altogether with the expansion. Really? The issue the issue was so bad. Like they they tried to make the game a little bit faster by adding the option of uh being able to score more victory points off of there's a card called Imperial. They gave you a new set of cards that you can use and the new Imperial card made it so that if somebody took Imperial every single round, the game went from an eight-hour game to, like, an hour Whoa, and a half. Oh, that's way too big of a speed-up. It was it was, it was, was ridiculous. So when they did the, uh, the second expansion for it, they added, okay, here's more character or more uh, uh, playable races, and it was basically, I don't know if it was a five to six or seven to eight or whatever, more players could play in the game. But they also released a, hey, if you're going to use the expansion cards, here's a better corrected Imperial card so the game does not get cut down so much. Because when you play a game like that and you spend literally 45 minutes setting up the game, you don't want to only play for an hour and a half. And it was just so goddamn ridiculous. I like 4th Edition a lot. They kept all the new races... They kept all of the good rules. They changed a couple of things, streamlined a couple of things, got rid of a couple of things. The game, the feel of it is there. The mechanics are there. I haven't had any problems with it, and I've played mm, not enough not enough playthroughs. I've probably half a dozen of fourth edition already, which I've I've gotten praise from that from some of my friends who love Twilight Imperium because they can only play like once every six months. And I've managed to get in half a dozen games since 4th edition came out, like, last fall. Yeah, no, and uh, definitely it takes a certain uh, kind of player and a a certain, uh, I don't know, passion's not the right word, but... Hardcore hardcore nerdy friends. Yeah, right, there you go. The right group of people and the right kind of player uh, to want to (laughs) play a game that's that intense, um, you know, that often. But... And, and I can't speak to that because I haven't played yet. But if it's as good as everybody says it is, I mean, I think about other games, like whether they're video games or 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 magic or board games, like that I know I could go and sit down and I could blow through easily, you know, an entire day or an entire night um, of playing. Whereas other people will be like, well, yeah, you know, I'll play for a couple hours, but then I got to get up and do something. Well, I don't unless I'm getting up to take a piss. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm getting up for. It's because I'm hungry, I'm <laughs> yeah. thirsty, or I got to go to the bathroom. Like, I'm not getting the up to only, quit. <laughs> the only reason why I'm leaving my chair is to go get more pizza, and then I'm going to sit back down, and we are going to conquer this game. Exactly, <laughs> because you can't do it without pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, but back to your your transition now um, with the whole element of learn the game first and then go to the expansions, make it more complicated. 
the subject of how do you learn games? Is there a better method? How do you, okay, you personally, how do you normally learn games? Uh, what I do is I use the greatest tool known to man, and that is YouTube. Um, I will watch, um, one of the things that I stumbled into um, a few years ago that I've really liked and kept up with is uh, Tabletop, um, Will Wheaton show from Geek and Sundry. I I, I oh, really yeah. enjoy it. The 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 well, it's 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 fucking geek and sundry. So the production levels are. I mean, you get I, sucked I in. I have a, I have a, pre, I have a pretend feud with Will Whedon that goes back to Gen Con like eight or nine years <laughs> ago now. If you're familiar with True Dungeon, uh, yes, I know of it. It is, yeah, it is. It is like a LARP style D and D D and D game, um, but. I did that for a few years, and one of the years we went through, it was, uh, and they had an ongoing story. It was a, a dragon was the final boss, and this dragon was just unkillable. It was so bad. Like, they had to change it because it had, like, an 80 or 90% Jesus. kill rating. And everyone was just, yeah, everyone was just like, Jesus Christ. And I played a monk, and as you know, I'm incredibly partial to monks in D&D. I had a fantastic uh, attack against it where I, I basically uppercutted it in the jaw and did it a decent amount of damage, but our party died regardless. And after we had wrapped up and gone out and everything, uh, there was a bit of a hullabaloo at the one of the registration tables because Will Wheaton and his group had just gone through and they had killed the dragon. That son of a bitch. And... And to this day, I maintain they let him win because it's, it's Will Wheaton. Wheaton. Yeah, no, I because it's Will Wheaton. I guarantee the DM of that group just went, "Oh yeah, no, you totally hit him in the <laughs> No, 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 that was it was close enough because like the eye was the only spot that was you could actually hit him for critical damage. Uh, yeah, I think maybe someone's so, celebrity may have been at play there. Yeah, so Will Wheaton, if you're listening. I don't believe that you actually killed the dragon. I think they let you win so that you could feel good about yourself, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong and I just hate you for no reason. You were cool on Star Trek. I'm going to say that even though no one else will, but <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you for killing the dragon that killed That's me. That's fair enough. You didn't you didn't you didn't avenge me. <laughs> but anyway, uh... but you're a fan of yeah, the YouTube Yeah, so series. I I really like I think that's a good series <laughs> I don't know. Um I think that's a great <laughs> way for players um, to get to get familiar with a game before playing it. So I'll watch I'll watch Tabletop. Um, I've probably watched every episode multiple times. I really have no life when my wife's not around to do stuff with, <laughs> um, or if she goes to bed early and then all of a sudden it's six hours later and I'm watching you know. <laughs> uh, tutorials on how to play this or i'm watching playthroughs of of board games um or whatever um so yeah i I like to use youtube um and like i said you know tabletop's a great show but i also like to support people who are out there creating their own content on their own some of them are fucking impossible to get through and i'm sure people think that you know there are people who think that about our podcast (laughs) um but oh yeah you know I, I want to support people who are out there putting themselves out there doing this stuff. So I'll just do a search for, you know, Shadows Over Camelot playthrough, and then I will just binge videos. Even if I know how to play the game, I'll just watch them anyway. Um, so for me, it's it, yeah. I like to do that. And I also like to, um, on my own time, I like to read through the rule book and kind of familiar familiarize myself with, you know. See, and that's, that's what I was going to get to. Um no offense to you, but anytime somebody has taught me a game, yourself included, something oh. has been left out or something has been oh, misinterpreted. Oh, I'm fucking terrible. Yeah, don't learn from me. <laughs> and, and granted, I not that I'm an expert by any means, but I do have at least some experience working. Not only did I own my own game store for five years, before that, I worked in game stores for like three years before that, and then I grew up in game stores for like 17 years before that. So, my my biggest thing has always been, like, people always mean well, but people always either leave stuff out or they frame stuff. And, like, magic is one of the, f- the worst ones I've seen where people are trying to teach other people how to play 
and they they use exceptions to the rules rather than the rules. I was watching somebody teach, and they're like, okay, and then when this guy attacks, because he doesn't have flying, that means that your guy can block it. And I'm like, no, don't fucking bring in flying until they understand, like, you know, they'll, they'll again, they mean well, but they just can't frame it in the correct way to actually learn. And there's a reason why teachers should go to school to learn how to be teachers for any subject. But I've come down to the point now where any new rule, regardless of what somebody teaches me, I just read the rule book. It sucks because reading takes time and we live in a day and age where there's not enough time for everything. Or you expect everyone to read the rules or you don't want to read it out loud because public speaking sucks. And that's, you know, when you taught, when you taught me Fallout, I fucked something up. We played another game. Somebody else went, oh, no, no, this is how this works, and we played it that way. And then I read the rule book after, and, I, and it turns out that person fucked it up, too. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm, not, so... I'm not bad by myself. There are other people who are bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not just you. But I went to a friend's house for a, uh, a you know, board game night, party, gathering, whatever, and we ended up playing Captain Sonar. I had played Captain Sonar enough that I was comfortable playing it, but rather than me just going, okay, well, you do this, and you do this, and you do this, I stood there, and in my best fucking announcer voice, I just read the rule book to everybody. And everyone, like, followed along, and they went, oh, I have a question. And I went, hang on two seconds. And then I read the next page, and they went, that answered my question. The rule books are there for a reason. You need to read the rule book. Don't let people teach you the game unless they're reading you the rule book. <laughs> I I totally agree with you. Um, and this is probably going to sound like a really shameless plug and a terrible segue. Uh, it is an absolute shameless plug, and I'm not ashamed but of that. As a- is that I am putting this... Okay, not only is it, hey, support us in any way you can, throw us some beer money here and there, but honestly, I'm trying to just help people do the things that I also enjoy... So I am in the process right now of recording an audiobook series where I just read you the fucking rulebook. It will be added to our premium content. Nelson will be in charge of adding links and blah, 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 once I get them up. But any game you guys want, I will read you the rulebook for 99 cents. I don't care if you play that for everybody in your family or your playgroup. Give us some beer money, and I will read you the rulebook. <laughs> That's a, the, the, the funny <laughs> thing is, so we've been discussing that that for a while now like oh we should we should do that like you know you've got the great voice you you read other things um and you also just know games i do have a face (laughs) for radio um and even though i knew where we were going with this in the back of my mind i'm going fuck i wish there were podcasts where i could just listen to the rules you know like (laughs) because you know it's just easy to do and honestly even if you just have the rule book out and somebody's reading it, it's, you know, the ability to follow along or have other people listen or just remove that whole, well, I don't want to read it out loud. Well, I don't want to stumble off for a word and have somebody make fun of me. I'm just trying to have a fun fucking night. Right. No stage fright necessary when you've got Chanel reading you the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Granted, I found out I can't read the word uh, posthumously, but it I, I had to go and go, okay, Google, you tell me how to say it. Posthumously. Okay, say that again so that I can say it as a human. Posthumously. <laughs> Practice <laughs> makes perfect. Fuck, fuck you, Google. <laughs> also, since the first one I've recorded, or the first one I've actually read through and recorded, I have to redo it already. Uh, Shadows over Camelot has two grammatical errors in the rulebook. Do they really? At, at one point, they refer to a die singular, but they use the word dice, so you wouldn't fucking notice because you all screw the that fucking up all the time. time. Every goddamn time you were sitting there, and rolling it all one came from me trying to be overly pretentious asking... because I didn't want to fuck it up. And now that's all I do. I have broken that part of my brain. That synapse does not fire correctly, <laughs> and every fucking time I f- I say it wrong, and you just short out right? and you can't do it. I I have stuff like that where I've made fun of it, or it's an inside joke that's only funny to me, and now other people think I'm. It came stupid. from the most pretentious of <laughs> places and in, with the most pretentious of intentions, and now I just look like an asshole, which is exactly what was going to happen can't. anyway. 
Oh my god. Well, and I'm going through. Uh, I <laughs> this past summer, we, uh, my wife and I got Hulu, and I'm going through and just watching shows that I haven't watched since I was in college. Harvey Birdman, oh, being yes. one of my fucking favorites. And I realize that in daily conversations, I will sometimes bring up the word censor. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, or I'll just have moments where I'll sigh to myself and go, Sigh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's from, like, episode number 28 when they go back in time and he and uh, fucking the hippo is meditating <laughs> or something. Just stupid inside jokes that only I think are funny. And other people think I'm Well, that's idiot. their fault, not yours. They're the idiots. I know. Get to know Get me. Get on your level. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for me personally, I like to go to YouTube and then obviously um, I like to read the instruction manual and then still teach people wrong uh, when it comes to Fallout. Um, how to not play the game the right just way. Fall, just Fallout that I, that I remember. I don't remember the last time you taught me a different game that I immediately went, that doesn't sound Yeah, right. no, pretty much just that one. Um, and that one was, but, you know, we started that one pretty early. I don't even think half the assholes I watched on YouTube had it right. You know what I mean? Like, some of those rules were kind of complex and <laughs> almost open to interpretation. I mean, yeah. they're not, but they're easily misinterpreted. Let me put it that I was, way. I was playing poorly to begin with, and then coupled with the fact that we were also also at, by that point we were all sufficiently um, drunk. So you probably <laughs> yes. here's a that is one of the downs, fucking pro tip right here is don't leave the, the newest game that no one at the table has ever played to be the last game after you've been drinking since literally 10 a.m. <laughs> yes. um, but what about you? Um, How do you go about? I will bring up. Oh, sorry. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I, I have yeah. one other thing when it comes to reading the rule book. Once everyone kind of knows how to play, I absolutely encourage you to just ask somebody to go, hey, uh, when you're, you know, attacking somebody, is it you're adjacent or is it orthogonal or do you have to occupy their space? Ask other players so that the rules can get reinforced amongst everyone at the table and everyone is on the same level. What absolutely bothers me, and several members of my other board game night group know this, it bothers me to no end, when somebody is just sitting there quietly staring at the board, especially when it's a strategic game, and they go, hey, hand me the rulebook real quick. I go, well, what's your question? No, 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 no. hand me the rulebook. They need to confirm something or find a loophole or whatever to give them a strategic advantage, and they don't want anyone to know what they're referencing even though everyone should have the exact same knowledge of rules, it bothers me to no end when they're just like, no, 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 just give me the rule book. Well, what's your question? I just, no, just give me the rule book. Not going to talk to you, not going to reveal any information. They are taking it way too seriously. And granted, I get into things way too seriously, but I will wait if I have questions to the rules until the moment that I'm attacking or betraying somebody. Now, if it's a game like Secret Hitler or Resistance where... You, as the traitor, do not want to reveal yourself. I can understand that. But at that point, you play a couple of games before you get to the point where you're like, I need to know the rules secretly. Yep, I, I agree. Make each other better players. You know, when the opportunity arises, don't... Tr- try to remember that it's a exactly. game. And the, word f- and the word fun should be stamped somewhere in the vicinity of the game. Completely agree. So, quit being assholes. Help your friends. Yes. <laughs> um, as as we're nearing the end of our discussion, I I'm I've got a few. I've got two left in my six pack of this uh, Independence Harbor. I hope I got it at fucking Aldi. I hope Aldi gets more of it in because I really like this one. Oh, I'm gonna have to add that to my list then because uh, we go there um, usually once a week. So I'll have to pick some up the next time I'm there. I'm I'm a big amber yep. ale guy, I think, when it comes down to it. I will drink IPAs occasionally. I haven't just choked down enough of them to be to the point or like to get to the point where like Junior's at where he's like, Well, this one doesn't have the appropriate amount of body <laughs> or like, flavor whatever. He's the he's the young <laughs> fucking hipster of the group, so he's the he, IPA guy. He has he has he has the liver <laughs> of a of a young man 
that he can just force, you know, massive quantities, and his body goes, yes, we 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 know the exact pH level of this. Yeah, alcohol. his palate hasn't been destroyed from as many years of bad choices as ours. Have yeah. been. <laughs> his time will come. I'm sorry you didn't wake up and destroy your, you know, taste buds on eight hot pockets like <laughs> I did this morning. But this beer He'll tastes fine. He'll get his fine. <laughs> Yeah. Wait till you hit 28. That was the magic number for me. Which is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit's not working the same as there's, it used to. There's downsides to spending all day <laughs> drinking and eating garbage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <sighs> So, so what do you? Yeah, to segue back, uh, livers aside. Um, so what? What? What do you do when you're picking up a new game for the first time? Are you are you strictly a rule book guy? Do you look for other resources? Well, that's the, that's the thing. It's that gets into also like what what you determine to purchase games as well. Because, uh, you know, you can't look at the rule book to learn how to play and then decide to pick it up. You have to actually own the game and have some level of commitment That's to the true. game already. Which makes it incredibly difficult. It's, it's you know, kind of a catch-22. It's If you had access to the rule book and could read the rule book and go, Hey, this sucks. Like, I don't, I don't want this, but you already bought it. You know, giving access to it ahead of time. But, you know, YouTube is kind of a valuable resource in that respect, but at the same time, you have to be dedicated to either one or multiple sources of information for that to know whether or not you should even buy a game. And then if they have any connection to the manufacturer or if they're one of those, well, as long as I just say everything's good, people will keep watching my podcast or listening to my podcast and watching my YouTube channels. So I generally go by, first and foremost, if I'm going to buy a game, Either I have to see a cool picture of it, or the box needs to look neat, and then I'll buy yep. it. I uh, I definitely first and foremost, if somebody goes, "Hey, have you heard of this game?" That means that they have enough interest in that game to bring it up in conversation, and that's sometimes enough for me to go out and go, "Yeah, I'll pick that one up." From there, it's yeah, like I said, sit down and choke down the rule book. And it kind of sucks depending on, like, how much time it'll take because ideally... Like, the next game I'm, I'm scheduled to learn is uh, Noria. I had to look ah. back on my shelf. Noria looked cool, so I bought it. It was a relatively new game. I watched a YouTube video on how to play. And my issue with the YouTube video was I didn't have the game components all, like like punched out and the video was by the game designer she has apparently created a vast world with all sorts of jargon terms for whatever the hell's going on and the video used all of those jargon terms for whatever is going on when i just needed to know well this little blue piece goes here and this little circle piece goes here and then you do this to get six points and I'm hoping that going through the rulebook in its entirety and having access to all of the game components will help me with that one. But that's one that I'm just going to have to punch everything out, lay it out, and read through the rulebook and start playing a, like playing a round or two and read it cover to cover and then just dive into it. Because it's that whole, it's that whole immersion tactic. Like That's how you actually learn other languages, by just going there and dealing with it. And that's kind of how I approach board. It's games. funny. Go there and it's deal funny with that it. you should actually talk about language and immersion uh, to learn it, and then actually kind of lay it out where um, you know describe it as you did about how well I went into it this one way, but then this woman had her own complete different vocabulary for everything. It makes me think like that would yeah the the comparison that popped into my head was trying to learn English but reading um, a Clockwork Orange in order to do so. <laughs> So, like, not only are you learning <laughs> this fucking language where there are, you know, words like there, there, and there, but now you're going to read it with all of the slang that's in a clockwork orange. So you're trying to figure out, oh, wait, what's, wait, Kruvi is blood? Well, what, wait, what, what, what is this? So, you know, I, I just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny. That was, 
what, what, what popped in my head. And that's definitely got to be frustrating um, when you're trying to learn something new, but someone already has a completely different jargon for it. It, it all suddenly yeah. this foreign concept is even more than foreign. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I think we've reached a good stopping point. Yeah, I think so too. We've got about, got about an hour in before we tire anybody else, uh, you know, to the max we can <laughs> with our, with our rambling and at the bottom of my screen here, I just got the little recording or the the notification. I've got uh, about ten minutes left of hard drive space before. Ah. I interesting that we out. had that conversation earlier, where we were recording episodes for this show, and I wasn't paying attention to that, <laughs> and my fucking computer just shut off in the middle of an episode of like a fucking yeah, three hour game that I gotta, we were like two and a half hours into. <laughs> I gotta I gotta dump a lot of stuff on my uh, second terabyte external hard drive. well since your since uh your your audacity is telling you it's a good time to shut the fuck up then i guess uh like you said it's a good place to cut it um you know okay. we thank you guys do you have anything yeah you just end uh on? thank sorry no 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 you're good i, I just want to thank the audience uh for sticking with us you know over the past uh few weeks where we haven't had uh, we've had original content and new content, but we haven't had any games out. Uh, if you want to hear more episodes where we talk about this, shoot us an email, um, beardgamers at gmail.com. You know, ask us your questions, give us ideas for topics, or give us ideas for games. You know, um, we're doing this over Discord. We can get we can get um, Tej and Ben some mics so that they can participate as well. Uh, if we do it over, if we <laughs> do it long distance Discord like we're doing now, you know, Chanel and I live an hour and a half away from each other. Uh, or we could spend time doing this. We could, you know, hey, drunk history is a thing. Why can't we do drunk board game talk? You know, uh, so we could do it when we're all together and drinking <laughs> beers in the same room. So. Like I said, uh, reach out, drop us a line, uh, beardgamers at gmail.com. Let us know what, what you guys want to hear. Um, you know, and then, like I said, or like Chanel said earlier, this weekend we're, we're back to the grind getting on it. Um, and is, is there anything you wanted to add before we sign off? Uh, don't knock it till you try it when it comes to beer or board games, honestly. I completely agree because you don't know, you don't know what you're missing um, unless you do. So yeah, I think as that is, that is my somewhat intoxicated assessment of this Aldi beer that I've been consuming. I like it. And on that note, uh, thanks again for listening. Make sure you check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or the Podbean app. And please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe. It, it helps us out. Um, and we'll keep you all posted on when we get our Patreon page up as well so that you guys can uh, help us with some beer money and equipment money while also getting the rulebook read to you by Schnell. So until next time, I'm Nelson. I'm Schnell. And thank you for listening. BeardGamers.com <laughs> I like it.